You're listening to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, a podcast about life through the lens of music. My name is Jay Mack, and welcome to this exciting edition of Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board. I'm in St. Louis, joined by... Hey, this is Sam Wade, all the way out in Los Angeles, California. Loving the warm weather and uh, wishing you all a very happy moment. We're glad that you're listening with us right now. It was almost 90 degrees in St. Louis today. We got out for a walk. Get, I got all sweaty. Got all my my uh, my blood pumping. It was pretty cool. I felt like I was in California for a, uh, for a, a sweet second there. Well, if, the way that you're describing it, it sounds just about right, J-Mac. And uh, it's exciting uh, when you have those kind of days in St. Louis. I know from like my many years of living there, when it gets really warm outside, it's a perfect time to go out and just enjoy nature. And that's a great place to do it. Before it gets too hot, once it hits like July and August, it's just miserable. But we still got a few days left of May where it's not too bad. I would just like to remind our listeners that a a new episode of the show drops every Wednesday on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash two tape decks. We got an email address, two tape decks at gmail.com. Sam, tell them about the B-side. J-Mac, every Saturday we release a B-side. It's a short little snippet. It's usually a fun thing to talk about. It might be from the cutting room floor of a show. It might be a scenario that, that you are just having a knack for <laughs> bringing up these things that are just crazy. It's a fun listen. It's a short listen. You can listen to it in between. When you're just running to the store, maybe you're not driving into town. You're just running to the store. It's a good time for that. Yeah, it's a short little snippet, like stuff that we would probably never talk about on the show. See this upcoming B-side. <laughs> You want to introduce our lovely guest here, Sam Wade? Hey, Mac, I would. I'm so excited uh, about our guest this week. Um, she's a talented, multifaceted pop and EDM singer-songwriter on a mission to give mental health a voice. With over 46,000 monthly listeners on Spotify and her top track clocking in at over 700,000 streams, it's obvious to me that people are listening. And we're so honored to welcome Rachel Laycroft to the show. Hey, Rachel. Hi, thank you so much. And wow, you've done your research. I didn't know there were going to be some numbers dropped here. (laughs) (laughs) This is where if we had a studio audience, you'd hear a big applause line, like a big applause, like Johnny Carson or Leno when when you get introduced. So just imagine (laughs) this giant applause, Rachel. I will, I'll take a virtual bow then. Okay, there we go. (laughs) It's actually- Thank you. It's really worth noting too, um, because it, I think it, it really is a is a good way to see that that what it is that you're trying um, or not trying to what you're doing with your music is actually making an impact. And I can't wait to hear more about your process and how you are you know thinking about this stuff. It's it's pretty amazing. So congratulations on those successes. It's pretty it's pretty awesome. Thank you so much. And I will say, like, I try, you know, I try not to focus too much on the numbers, but at the same time on the business side, it's a good thing to take note of. And one thing that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be more proud of myself outwardly. So I will tell you that a year ago, I had 23 monthly listeners on Spotify. So in a year, it's definitely, it's been, it's been one hell of a year, like working so hard, but I'm really proud of continuing to grow. 
Absolutely. Well, well, Sam informed me, and I actually saw this on your Facebook page, that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Is is that right? Yes, it is. And that's very close to your heart from what I understand. Yes, absolutely. It, it's definitely very close to my heart. And I try to, um, you know, kind of weave that into so much of, of what I'm doing publicly. And that's part of what actually encouraged me to go public with my music because I had no intention of doing that. And um, yeah, a, a lot of, you know, certain things I can definitely tell you about happened and changed my mind about that. And I had the realization that I could advocate through my music and through using my voice. And so that's where we are now. What got you started in music? Because you, you're an EDM, which is electronic dance music. Uh, I didn't know what that was previous to this. I'm kind of an old school metal guy. But I've been widening my horizon since I got a record player, and especially since I've been hanging out with Sam. So how did you get into EDM music? That, you know what? So um, do you, okay, so you first said, how did I get into music? So do you want to know that part, or do you want to know the EDM part, or do you want to know both? I want to know all of it. Start at the beginning. (laughs) Okay, well, I was born on, no, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) So I started, I started playing piano when I was seven, and then just took lessons like music was always a you know part of my life as it is for most musicians and everything I never took it seriously as a potential career though until much much later but um when in 2016 I okay so I was working at a job like working 24 7 and one of my best friends was like Rachel you need to take time off and come to this music festival festival with me it's called EDC and I had no idea what it was. I didn't even really know what electronic music was, but I was working so hard. And I was just like, you know what? I love you. I trust you. Okay, I'll come with you. I don't even know what this music is. And so I went with her. That was, um, it was like spring of 2016. And then completely fell in love with that music. And for as much as I, you know, enjoyed music before, just the overall experience when you're listening, the community, um, you know, I had, I'd been to other music festivals and this was the first one where it felt like all of the people there were truly just wanting to embrace each other for who they were. And that's so much, so much of what I struggled with throughout my life was feeling like a sense of belonging or a sense of acceptance. And I felt that there. And so that just opened up like a whole new, whole new world basically for me. And that's, that's how the EDM stuff all got started. So how long have you been singing? Because I, if I have to put an adjective on it, I think it, angelic would be the best way. There's, Thank I, you. It's, I mean, there's a little bit of Enya in it. I don't know if that's a compliment to you. I, I'm a big fan of Enya. But you've got more like of a modern sound. But, I mean, Enya is the closest I can sound. think of the sounding like an angel. And you do sound angelic. Of course, I'm used to, you know, listening to Slayer and stuff. So I don't know if, I don't know if my opinion counts that much, but I do really, really, I'm, I'm moved by your voice. It's very sweet. It's very, it's like, it's like coming from above. It's like the light shines and it's, it's really sweet. I really enjoy your, your voice. Thank you so much. That, that means the world. And that, um, that word is, is usually what I receive. And I'm always just, I don't know, you know how it's like, you you almost become neutral to yourself when you hear something over and over. So a lot of the time, like I don't actually notice what my voice sounds like. I'm just I'm just singing from my heart, and like that's 
really what I'm doing when I'm recording and everything like that. But I didn't think that I had a good enough voice to ever be a singer or anything like that. And even when I first um, made my first song in the studio, I mean, the only reason why I was singing was because I was the only one there to sing when I was writing. So it wasn't, it wasn't that I was like, I want to be a singer. I was just writing songs and it was just me there. So I'm like, okay, well, someone has to be singing these songs. And then I, I got very, I feel like I got very emotionally attached to some of the ones that I write at the piano. And so when I, when I created the first one in the studio, I was like, I have to be the one to sing it. Like I can't pass it to someone else. So this is my heart. Like I want to use my voice. Um, But yeah, just being, I've had to really become accustomed to um, calling myself a singer because I hesitate still. Oh, you should not, you should not do that at all. (laughs) I totally agree. I totally agree with J-Mac, um, but I also understand, completely understand uh, being a songwriter and, you know, you being the only one in the room, because it's probably, you know, three, four in the morning sometimes, and you get this inspired with an idea, you know, I imagine sitting down at the piano and just going, you know, with the flow and just kind of like listening to the muses. And there's something, especially when you're writing such personal songs, um, And I think that you do that, you know, I see that in your music, but you also are really, really great at making it accessible to a wide range of people. And I think that that's so important too, especially, you know, not just making EDM music, but, and, and, and pop, but also um, being able to connect with that audience um, with the message that is so central to everything that you do. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I definitely try to, um, with my writing, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know, when you're writing, because you're both songwriters, um, you have something on your mind and you're expressing it in a certain way. But then when it's put out there, it can be interpreted in so many different ways, um, you know, different from maybe what you intended. And so I think with the accessibility factor, um, may, it's, it's not necessarily completely intentional, but I think that, you know, with the song that I just released, um, with two amazing producers who are the sweetest guys ever. Um, with that song, it can really sound like I'm singing about a relationship, like an abusive relationship or a or turbulent relationship when I was singing about my relationship with my eating disorder. So wow. I try to, you know, just kind of keep it, um, keep, well, not even try it. It just ends up kind of staying open like that, open to interpretation. I think one of the things, um, that we're touching on here with actually saying it, that's always relevant, no matter what style of music it is and what makes a great song something that you're never going to get around that connects with people is honesty. And that's something that, um, that I see all over your work. And it's really interesting that you talk about this latest song. And I think that we should listen to this song here in a minute and uh, you know, let our, let our listeners hear what it is that you do. Um, but it's interesting that that this song could be interpreted as a relationship and people would just assume that it's like, you know, a human relationship. Um, but you're saying that it's it's related to this relationship with the eating disorder. I'd, I'd like to hear more about how you created that song, um, if you don't mind kind of unpacking that after we give a listen to it. Does that sound like a good idea? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you got, it, got it queued up? I've got at? it queued up. It's called All of Me. Is that the one we're talking about, Rachel? Yeah. Okay. So, is there anything 
that, that you want to say uh, in, in addition to set this up, Rachel? Or should we just go for it? I think we can go for it and then, um, you know, maybe talk about some of the lyrics and everything after that. Perfect. There are times when we are playing the fool Just like now when I keep falling for you And it feels like all I want to do is continue But I don't know how much longer I can make it There's a lot going on in that track. I, first of all, I love the top line on that. That is thank you. That is super catchy and and fits the production so well. Thank you so much. It just it just matches so perfectly. Like it it keeps bringing you back in when it needs to. 
um, which then kind of pulls you into what you're saying too. And there's some, there's some really deep moments in that song that probably, you know, you get so into the beat the first time you listen to it, it's going to keep, people will keep listening to it. And after a couple of listens, they're really going to catch on some of that stuff. Just the idea of bring me so I can be all of me. Like that's huge thought right there. So Thank what do you want to tell me? Like, how, 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 how do we unpack this song? <laughs> What's some of the things oh, that led you to, to come up with um, what you're saying there? I, you know what? I think that this is such a, a good one. Um, you know, all of, for us to have had this, you know, this podcast episode right around when this song came out, because this, this one has so much meaning and it's been in the works for years. Like I started writing this song. There's been so many versions of this and I started writing it um, over 10 years ago. Wow. And yeah, it's been a long time. So I've definitely evolved as, you know, a writer, as a singer. The the final vocals were recorded in 2019. The um, So those lyrics haven't changed for a few years. So I, I'm kind of like, I get sort of out of battle with myself. Like, you know, as, as artists also, we can be perfectionists and almost feel like something is never finished. And um, this one... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this yeah. one is so it's so deeply meaningful to me that it just there there's been so many different versions and it just didn't feel right um for such a long time and I kept revisiting and there's been five different producers that have worked on it and they've all contributed different aspects that are really amazing to it. It just it just wasn't there yet, you know. Yeah. And even still I'm like even still when I hear it, I'm like, I could have I could have done that, you know, that vocal a little bit better. I could have written this lyric so it's more like, you know, clever. Sure. Um, so it's it's a work in progress that I that is forced to not be a work in progress anymore because I think it needed to get out there and the message needed to reach people. That is so beautiful. I just want to take a step back for what you just described. You said it's a work in progress that just needed to get out there, right? Basically. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the message of the song is about being all of you. Um, everything that is entailed in this life that we're all experiencing and sharing every day, all the different, you know, minutia of what that actually is and how, you know, life can be such a struggle sometimes and different for so many, so many, it's so varied what the struggle can be for everybody. Um, but that's something that we all share. And so I love that idea of that. You were just like, you know, I could keep trying to make it perfect, kind of make it perfect, but it's more about putting it out there. Cause that really is the message of the song. And I just think that's brilliant. I don't know if you had thought about Thank it that you. way. I, you know what I didn't. And I love that you pointed that out. I appreciate it. And I think that's part of what I love so much about just creating is that you can hear when you talk with another artist, like, you know, obviously you're an artist too. So hearing your perspective, on a piece of art is going to be it's going to enlighten me in a way that I didn't even think about for my own song you know so I really love that thank you no see isn't that the beauty of of songwriting in general too is you know you can not only can songs have multiple meanings and I think that's one of the things that's also really brilliant about this this track is that obviously you're writing it from a very personal um, you know, struggle in life and a, a very personal thing to you that has so much meaning. 
but kind of the magic of of crafting a song and i think this is probably why it took so long for you to find the right balance part of the magic is that uh songs are kind of kind of mysterious in the way that they can have multiple meanings and different layers and that the listener can hopefully with a really good track they can pull away even something new every time that they hear it and uh very good point this this track has that like you know it has it in the music and it has it in the in the lyrics you know i find myself being drawn to like the guitar stabs like and just kind of how mellow they sound but then i'm thinking about what you're saying in the song like there's a there's a line that really stood out to me that I'm I'm curious about. Um, sure. There's a little voice supposed to lead us down the right way. I might not have said those lyrics right, but it's the, the the thought. There's a little voice supposed to lead us down the right way. I thought that was pretty. Do you, do you have anything to speak to that part of the song? Absolutely, and I like that you highlighted that one because um, so basically in. I feel like eating disorders in general, there's a lot of misunderstanding and there's a lot of um, just not a ton of knowledge out there as to what what it actually feels like or what someone's going through. A lot of times people associate it with just being a physical thing when it's completely um, a mental struggle. And that's how it, you know, how it ends up kind of forming just like an addiction or or other forms of mental struggles that come out in certain behaviors so um this line basically when you start your journey when you start your eating disorder recovery a lot of times they instruct you to separate your own voice from the eating disorder voice so for short the ed voice so what they're saying is that there is you know when you know how a lot of times when people talk about intuition they i'm so sorry if you can hear noise in the background no um, it's oh, okay so when people talk about their intuition they say like listen to that little voice inside your head you know that's that's a phrase that people say and um with an eating disorder it's almost like that that voice gets distorted not only distorted but it's not even yours and so when I say there's a little voice that's supposed to lead us down the right way, that's our true authentic voice, our intuition that we're supposed to be able to hear. But when you have an eating disorder, the eating disorder voice is so much louder than um, than your own that sometimes like when I first started my recovery, I was insistent that it that there was no eating disorder voice. It was just my voice. I was insistent that there was, there was nothing to separate. Like my true voice, I thought was that really horrible mean voice telling me all of these things um, about how I'm not good enough. And it took me a while to separate myself from that. Wow. That, that sounds exhausting to listen to that all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exhausting, but you know what? Once once you finally acknowledge and realize which one, like I don't have I, I wanna just clarify, it's not necessarily in a sense of like a a symptom of schizophrenia is like when you right. literally hear voices. It's not it's not that. It's more just, you know, your intuition or what you feel like your heart is telling you. It's it's just Thanks. misguided. Right. Yeah. So in that lyric, it's saying, you know, um, there are times when I collect all that you say, um, but there's a little voice that's supposed to lead us down the right way. So why is that voice telling me 
that we were okay, but then my heart was on the line for you day by day. And my heart being on the line for you um, is is speaking to the literal danger. There, there is a very strong, a, a very significant heart risk for a lot of people with eating disorders because your body. I'm going so deep here. No, <laughs> um, so deep. I, you know, I, you know, what I really like about your willingness to speak about this, and and it's really cool to unpack. You know, the depth of these songs is because um, it's it kind of takes the power away maybe from, from some of these things when we can talk about these types of struggles that people have. And I think this can really help people. So let's go deep. Anything that you want to share on this, keep going. I, you, I This is really good. I appreciate that a lot. And that's, I mean, that's really my intention with just being vulnerable in in a purposeful way you know not not necessarily like I don't I I don't share these things because I want you know sympathy or anything like that or that you know I not in any way that I want attention it's that I really want to direct attention to meaningful things that people might not know a whole lot about and I just really strongly believe that the more the more understanding we have on subjects we don't know, the more compassion we can develop if we're open That's to it. it. Yep, absolutely. And yeah, and I struggled with feeling, I mean, I still do, but struggled with feeling judged my whole life, like to, to such an extent that I left social media for two solid years, wow. didn't use it at all because I felt so um, insecure with sharing anything because I felt like everything I did I would be judged and I couldn't handle the thought of that so it took me a long time to come back but when I came back um it was after a lot of a long journey of recovery and it was with a very specific purpose to really speak my truth and be authentic because I think that especially on social media platforms we need we need so much more of that like for every generation, for younger generations, you know, we need people to speak their truth more. I totally agree with you. Um, and you know what the interesting thing is, too, is like when because I because I've struggled with um, things like uh, anxiety and panic attacks. And, and you know, I, I won't get in too deep with that right now because I really want to hear more about your songs. But. I understand because please share anything. <laughs> I'm totally, I'm totally receptive to sharing anything you feel comfortable with. <laughs> well, I totally appreciate that. Um, and my, but my point is, is that talking about these things and getting it out into the light, like shining a light on these things, is the only way that these false stigmas about um, issues of mental illness will begin to be changed, so that people really can engage their compassion and empathy to talk about these things. I think people want to take the, take a lot of this. I know it's been true for me um, and, and kind of shove it under the rug and kind of ignore it and say, you know, everybody else seems like they're fine. So I can be fine too. And what that actually does is the opposite. And it just kind of boils and bubbles and turns into a monster to then sometimes feels like it's just too big to do anything about it. And you get crushed under the weight of that. And it sounds Absolutely. like from from your journey, you know, the the, the idea of, of of separating these two voices, these two uh, inclinations, these the true intuition and this like twisted intuition to separate those through mm -hmm. two things, kind of helps to break it down so that you can 
actually kind of walk out what it is that you can be doing what that what what you're always longing for is that sense of normalcy but you have to kind of like open up about it and and, and speak about it am, am i off base there or do you agree with that i completely i completely agree with that and the part that you um where you spoke about how it can really eat away at you um you know and it could really weigh on you if if we're not open about it that's exactly like I say a lot of the time so many of my extremely painful experiences I'm so grateful for and I don't say that in an annoying like cheesy way but the what led me to going and getting help and treatment because it wasn't you know the eating disorder was one element there was you know a a whole bunch of other ones that I'm happy to share as well but what ultimately led me to to seeking recovery was because I couldn't carry all of that anymore. It got so, it was so heavy. It was so painful. I was just literally, my I was completely shame dictated my entire life. I, wow. my whole life was based on what would other people think of me if I did this, wanting to almost control what other people thought of me by being as people pleasing as I could being as agreeable as helpful as kind as giving and those things are really valuable but if we if we give all of ourselves and we don't hold on to anything for us then you know it's a recipe for disaster and I needed to learn I needed to learn all of that by really crashing like I had to crash there was I was spiraling down and I had to hit the bottom in order to start climbing back up that makes so much sense. It really does. And it's, <laughs> it's such a difficult thing. You know, I kind of want to talk about this for a second, because you mentioned this a second ago. Mm-hmm. I think one of the other things that people don't talk a, a, enough about when we're talking about this, this subject is shame. Shame is so debilitating. It's like this cycle of a snake eating its own tail like you can feel and i'm curious to see what would you expound on this idea of shame um but for me i know it's like i have shame in the sense that see shame is different than guilt okay i'll I'll, I'll put it that way guilt is kind of like when you you do something that you know that you shouldn't have done and you feel guilty about it Shame is a lot more rooted in trying to achieve some ideal that may be completely unachievable. And when you don't measure up to that enormous standard that you set for yourself, or maybe that someone else set for you that you believe, when you don't achieve that, then you feel this intense, utter despair that you can't achieve that goal, whatever it was. Um, and then the weird thing is, <laughs> is that you can start to feel shame about having shame. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you think about that? Yeah, we, I mean, that was when I first started treatment, one of the very first things I learned was, you know, I, I was, yeah, I was so shameful. I was judging myself and then I was judging myself for feeling shame and judging myself for judging myself. And it right. just keeps it keeps going like I I think that one of the um one of the things that I see so often that and I know that it's just lack of you know education and stuff but 
people are always saying like, you know, don't feel that way or, or just let it go. Or there, there are a lot of, there's a lot of, there are a lot of statements um, that are so invalidating to how we feel. And the only way that we are going to overcome our painful feelings is if we validate and acknowledge them. If we shove them away and say like, I just have to let it go. I just can't feel that way. It's just going to say exactly what you said earlier. It's just going to be even stronger. So we have to have compassion for ourselves when we're feeling a certain way and really like, you know, approach ourselves and with kindness, which I know is stated so often and very hard to do. Um, but I feel like in so many cases, developing the awareness um, of when we are judging ourselves, of when we are feeling shame about feeling shame, that's the definitely the first step in being able to change our our thoughts and our behavior that's so true and it's it's so good to bring that into light too because you know i'm a i'm a very empathetic person myself and what i would find um is that i found it easier especially when i was going through like a dark time i found it easier to extend empathy and compassion towards other people um, but I wasn't able to can turn that inward, you know, like it, it's, it's like such a struggle because it's almost like you, you want to remove yourself so much from, you know, whatever it is, um, that pain that's, that's there and that shame, you want to remove yourself from it. And it's something that our brain does to protect ourselves. But Absolutely. it's really hard when you want to continue growing or move past something that's not working for you without being able to turn that inward on yourself. It's almost impossible to move on. Exactly. I couldn't agree more with you. Yeah, it's, it's a very challenging. It's, it's interesting how um, what sh I feel like what should be so intuitive or what is healthiest for healthiest for us as humans is almost like the least they're the least intuitive things that we um that we do like we turn all of these different struggles um whether it's numbing out the pain through alcohol or drugs or an eating disorder like all of these behaviors there there are coping mechanisms because we don't we we haven't learned coping mechanisms that are healthy to turn to and it's so it's so strange to me how as humans like why don't we naturally gravitate towards the healthy coping mechanisms like why do we turn to all of these things that are so damaging for us wow. um but i think the more we gain all all of this self-awareness and you know mental health i think is in the spotlight now more than ever and i hope it continues to be it's true. And I'm so grateful for that. Cause yeah, I mean, going back, I think the awareness is the first step in all of it. It's absolutely right. And you know, it's hard too. It's so hard is such a terrible word to describe this. Like it's, it's terrible in the sense it doesn't fully describe it to say it's hard to take the first step is such an understatement. Like you're right. I know, um, you know, for me, for the longest time, I was so resistant to going and just doing the simple thing of even talking to a therapist. And mm -hmm. I think that that's such a common thing. So many people listening right now, I'm sure are nodding their heads and saying, yes, <laughs> I understand. Um, because it feels, you know, it, it can feel like a defeat to reach out for help, which it's the opposite 
it's it's about you know it's about taking control of something that feels out of control in saying that you need help but it feels like the opposite until you take that step can you relate to that absolutely right absolutely and i think that it's you know it's not normalized enough like it's not accepted enough for for us to take that route and i i will also know i feel like for men it can be even harder and i really feel for you guys because i think um you know there's so many so many structures that our lovely society has put in place for what you know is believed to like the stereotypes of what we're quote unquote supposed to be as women as men as you know anything in between and it's yeah I think that sometimes a lot of a lot of times if I'm speaking with someone that is telling me about someone who's struggling and they're like they just they need to just go get help they just need to call a therapist and I think that for as bad as it is sometimes it has to get bad enough for someone to make a change like sometimes and that's why that's why I say that for me I'm so glad for how how much at the bottom I got to like how much you know it's like I got my heart so broken I never faced it I never processed that I didn't go to therapy I dove into work um I just kept going and going until it got bad enough that I had to make a change and I think that a lot of times it until it gets bad enough someone won't do it and that's why sometimes I'm really glad that it gets bad enough because then people finally do it yeah it's totally true, and I can relate to that completely. And I think that the amazing thing about talking about this stuff, too, is that maybe maybe shining a light on it can help people not have to reach the bottom, even though that is such an effective thing, and I completely agree with you. Sometimes, sometimes we need to really understand what it is that we're doing, and sometimes you have to reach that point. And that really is part of evolving and growing is... is recognizing when something is not working anymore for you right and then and then taking the step to to make a change you know or to let go of the expectations that you have for yourself of how you should be handling these things right yeah Um, but it is it's a it's it's important to be able to um to take that that step to let go. And it, and it doesn't mean that it's going to be fixed overnight or that it, it won't ever leave completely either. Like maybe it's a part of what makes you, you, but can like building, you know, maybe I could say it's like building a different relationship with this. Would you agree Absolutely. with that? I would completely agree. I think that these, these things develop um, a lot of times, you know, in ways to protect us or, or things that, it's just you know we turn to these things and we don't know what else to do but you're right that in a lot of ways it does become a part of us it's kind of like our our shadow side like our um automatic like when we're not being incredibly aware or mindful it can be our autopilot what we turn to and you're right that it can continue on with us throughout life and it's just a matter of really staying so aware of it where we're almost um steps ahead of it and I think that the more we do that I think the really the really great thing that they say in so many different forms of recovery is that it's not linear like there's there are going to be times where we fall but every time every time we fall on the journey 
it's it's a little easier to get back up. Like we we've figured out ways or we don't fall as far, you know, or even if we fall really far, we can stand up a lot faster. So the more we learn, it's it is a long journey, but we're strengthening those aspects of ourselves. It's never like we're wasting our time and then we go back to to the ground again. I love that. That's a message of hope right there. That's a message of hope that everyone can connect to each time it gets easier, each time you get a little bit stronger, right? Yeah. And sometimes it does not feel like that. It's there. I can look <laughs> yeah. back at so many, so many times where it felt like I was right at the bottom again, but, but now, you know, having enough space and time to look back at it, I know that I, I wasn't at the bottom. I was, you know, it was just part of the journey, but not, not as far down as where I started. And we, I don't think we ever are as far down as where, where we start from because we're continuing to, to learn and grow. I love that. Um, you know, there's something I'm, I'm curious of your, your take on. So mm-hmm. um, you're right that in this time and place in our culture, there is definitely a much higher awareness of uh, mental health concerns um, then there really has been, you know, 20 years prior, for sure, yeah. definitely has increased. That's one of the good things about social media. People like to talk about the bad things that happens on social media. This is one of the good things is that it really can bring awareness to this. But I feel like something that gets talked about a lot with mental health, health awareness that does that I don't know if people really understand or dig into. And I'm curious about this with your take on this. It's a pretty common phrase to hear, well, you know, Hollywood portrays mental illness in a certain way. And it's true. Um, you know, it's again, there's like that that um, that bad guy in a movie ended up also being, you know, um, schizophrenic or, you know, the the ways that body image gets portrayed in the media and in films and TV and, mo- and you know, and um, music. Uh what I'm curious though, is, is that really as big a concern as people make out to be? And if, you know, how do you feel about that? And then what do you have to say to people that are struggling with that perception of what image should be? That's a good question. Um, I think you're totally right. I think that, you know, for, for entertainment purposes, these, these different struggles are portrayed in oftentimes very narrowed ways. And that's not to say that um, those portrayals don't exist at all, but there are so many, there's such a wide range, um, such a spectrum of experiences when it comes to struggling with mental health that I think, you know, it's, those things are for dramatic effects, but yes, it, it does do a disservice to um, everyone's struggling overall just because it doesn't give us the the true the true range of what it can look like and even in even with eating disorders I actually you know since I've been advocating I was just posting about this the other day that most of the time eating disorders are portrayed in the media as um, a teenager she's often white she's often a woman she's often incredibly underweight and looks very malnourished and that accounts for such a tiny percent of people that are struggling with eating disorders so I think that you know for me personally like 
I wasn't diagnosed with all of my struggles until so much later in life because I didn't even know that that those were um, diagnoses because I didn't I, I had never seen them in that form even though they exist everywhere you know but I had never seen them in that form so I didn't know I was struggling with um, mental health issues and you know in high school I used to have horrible horrible social anxiety like my stomach was I would get the worst stomach aches every single morning before school like terrible like you know just hunched over like could barely walk and just so many different thoughts of like panic in my mind throughout that period of time and I had no idea that you know I was struggling with with social anxiety and how serious it is and I think that I think a lot of a lot of people this bothers me a bit but a lot of people um tend to say that when we label things we're making it more real or when we're labeling things it means we're playing a victim or we're um, blaming it on something else and I I have to say like I'm definitely like you very an empathetic person and I see all facets of perspective Um, but in this case I think it's so important to validate what we're struggling with because to me that's the first step of being able to heal if we don't if we don't call it something, if we don't understand what it is we're struggling with, if it doesn't have a name, if it doesn't have a label, then how do we get help? You know, like, how do we overcome it? How do we find the right, um, the right places to help us? I think that's oh, a, that re- was a long essay. <laughs> no, but that was, thank you for, for taking the time to kind of unpack that because, and that was kind of like why I wanted to ask you because um, it's not just an easy answer. You know, people are always looking for something. Well, I feel like a lot of times people are looking um, for something to 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 kind of say, "Well, this is why this is right." And it's it's, yeah. a, it's a very binary way of thinking, and it makes sense because you know, we live in a world where it's day and, and then it's night, and then you know the light may be on and then it's off, or you know we're alive and then we're not alive, <laughs> we're born and then <laughs> we die. You know, but it's all these things that kind of shape the way that we see the world. And the problem is, is that there's not an easy set of criteria when it comes to the things that we're talking about with, with all these, you know, and we haven't even really dug into all the different forms um, that mental illness can take, uh, you know, take effect. Um, But I think something that's, that's true about all that when it comes to portrayed in these stories is that it's, it's sometimes it's, it's, it's really hard for us as people, in my opinion, when we're seeing something repeatedly in a narrative, to forget that that is a storytelling device which can right. be something that like you know helps aid the story and it has a has a purpose but then we start to like build these judgments in our mind and these equations you know if you will that kind of equal the okay that's what this means when we see those things and i'm not exactly I'm, right you do you want to say something else about that yeah no i was just agreeing with you and i oh. think like you know I don't I don't like pointing my finger and being like it's all the entertainment industry's fault for making it like this like you know in the entertainment industry like it's entertainment like they're they're creating art just like musicians you know just like movie makers are creating art musicians are creating art we all have different perspectives we're all telling different stories it's just um I guess it just becomes a problem when we see that story and that's the only story we see and we don't we don't see any other truths out there 
It's so true. You, I, I couldn't have said it better because we're not we're not trying to say, oh, well, it's the it's the entertainment industry's fault for doing these things. <laughs> You're right. It is. They're they're creating uh, a piece of art. They're creating a product that is there to entertain people. Um, and there's two sides to that coin. Like there's some responsibility. Maybe that's a too strong of a word, but there's there's something some some awareness that that we should have as the viewer to understand that maybe what we're seeing is not a perfect picture of life. Just like when you hear a song that only lasts three and a half minutes, that's not a a true um, perception of what that artist is. Like doesn't there's no way that you could get into all the depths of everything that makes a person a person in that short amount of time, whether it's a, you know, pop song or whether it's an, you know, an hour and a half film. Um, exactly. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but it is, it is good to point to it and say, well, maybe we're not getting the whole story. Absolutely. And it's, and I think that we can say, you know, maybe we're not getting the whole story. So let's talk about the other stories. And I think that's, you know, that's a good way to go to go about it. We don't have to, get angry that there are others that there are you know main these main stories being shared because in some ways those are valuable too because they're still talking about mental health but you know it's just bringing in all of those other perspectives as well and I think like I try to also just personally represent like if someone I remember I've I've had this comment to me a, a lot of times where someone says you don't look like you struggle with mental health well what does wow. what does that look like you know because I can you know, because I can operate day to day, does that mean I don't have mental health struggles? You know, the majority of us do have, I can't remember, there was a statistic I just posted, I think it was, um, I think it was four out of 10 people struggle with their mental health. Wow. Um, so it's a lot of us and a lot of it is hidden. I, I hid mine at every, you know, oh my God, I went to every extreme to hide every single imperfection I had and so it's like we were talking about earlier it's such a relief to be able to just be real and I'm still working on that I still struggle with being seen and so that's something that I'm I'm glad we're doing this you know seen and heard yeah. because I need to work on that <laughs> well that's awesome um and, and you're right because that is part of you know as the song that we listen to says you know being all of you is acknowledging all those different pieces. And and I think that's what's incredible about the art that you're creating too, is because you you kind of are telling various stories and showing different sides to these pieces. Like, what do you have in, in development? Do you have any, um, like, what's going to follow up this? Like, if we can see behind the curtain, do you have anything coming out soon that, that we should watch out for? So many things, Sam. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Because I've because this year was um, the first year that I that I really took myself seriously and I said I'm going to pursue this as a career like I need to dive into this I have been so like kind of like a drill sergeant on myself <laughs> with with working and collaborating and so um, I think that's, that with that's a good voice talking right it it is it's yeah. definitely I think overall it is because you know, as, as I know you can relate to, my heart is so in this and it feels, it feels very purposeful in, you know, a multitude of ways. And I'm so grateful for that. And so as far as things coming up, oh man, I think (laughs) I've had releases almost once a week for the past, um, maybe two months and then through to July. 
it's a lot it's it's a lot I'm proud of it and I'm so happy and the all the producers I've gotten to collaborate with are such amazing people that's another thing is like building this community is it's so special I can't like I can't even tell you how many amazing kind-hearted people I've gotten to work with and even when I'm top lining like getting to share their emotions like them telling me what inspired them you know with the production and then me getting to try to translate that into lyrics um so I have another and well actually two covers of the next ones coming out so a cover this coming Friday and a cover the following um and then after that, a few more originals, and then maybe a little break after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you will have earned it. Like, I don't, I don't know if people realize just how much work it takes to produce a song, first of all, but to be able to produce enough to release a new song every week, you are working hard. And um, congratulations on that and props to you, because I know, I know what that takes. And I think that that's an amazing that shows an, an amazing commitment to the voice that you're trying to get out there into the world to to bring to these you know super relevant subjects that people need to hear. Thank I don't even know how you how you keep it up. <laughs> you probably need. Well, to I have to. <laughs> What'd you say? So you probably, probably should vacation soon, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, my sister is getting married this weekend. So that's oh. sort of kind of a vacation for a few days. That's cool. Maybe not, maybe not relaxing vacation, but still um, somewhat of a vacation. But I do want to just say like, I have to give, I have to give so much like endless credit to the producers because yes, it's, you know, of course it's hard work on my end um, doing the vocals and I do comp and tune all of my own vocals so that's very very time consuming because I'm a perfectionist um but then you know of course the producer is putting in so much work as well I think it's it's definitely a team effort um so I I can't ever take all the credit for that (laughs) well I I know that all the producers out there appreciate that too because they're kind of sometimes the unsung heroes of of songs you know they may not well that's another that's another cool thing about edm it's like they're kind of the the hero like (laughs) a lot of time they're the front facing hero which i i find really awesome because they deserve to be acknowledged for their work i love that i'm actually curious like what's some of your what are you pulling from when you when you're approaching kind of this this uh this uh, edm genre what's what's some of your favorite uh, artists in this right now or historically that you're kind of pulling from well, okay, I will just say that when you say pulling from, like, um, I am going to label myself as somewhat weird in that I don't listen to a lot of music, which I know is so strange as a as an artist. But, oh, no. I, think it's um, I like to be kind of in my own world when it comes to creating. And of course, I love being inspired um, by different artists and a lot of the time what inspires me the most is when I'm top lining and the producer sends me their production, like just listening to that alone gives me so much inspiration. But um, yeah, a lot of it, I just, I really do try to be in my own little world and, and not get incredibly influenced by other, by what other people are doing because I still have that part of myself where I'm like, how do I fit in? Like, how do I be accepted? I need to be, you know, and so I want to make sure that I'm like, no, Rachel, that is not what you're listening to. But with that said, um, I think that 
um, as a as an ED in the EDM world, Griffin has to be my favorite. I absolutely love love his work so much. Um, I definitely recommend listening to um, to his songs. And then, as far as just an artist that I really look up to, like not related to EDM, but of course Taylor Swift. Like I think she is amazing in a million ways and sets such an example. So. And of course, like, her songwriting. Oh my God! <laughs> I know. I mean, seriously. I mean, we could talk about her for hours. I mean, how many records yes. did she released last year? Incredible! Oh my God! Not to every mention, song on there is quality. And just jumping genres whenever she wants. I love that too. I love. Yeah, it's it's very just you know revolutionary and and inspiring yeah. to me. She's a unicorn. Yeah. I love it. I love all the unicorns. I love all the, you know, the misfits that maybe don't look like misfits, but they are the misfits. Because I think that they're the ones that um, maybe they feel a little more lonely, like how I did, you know, and going through life and feeling like you don't necessarily fit in. But then those are the people that, that are doing different things and, and, you know, making differences, maybe not always positive but hopefully mostly positive i agree with you i think this has been really incredible i love hearing where you're coming from um and i think it's so timely and so it's such an important message for people to hear i want to know where people can find this if they want to connect with you and if there's anything else that you really want to shine a spotlight on especially since this is mental health awareness month Thank you, Sam. I think that if there's anything like, you know, any message that I would want to get across is just, I think compassion is compassion, empathy, um, not judging others. Like instead, you know, if we find ourselves wanting to make a judgment or if we notice that we're judging someone else, maybe stop ourselves and ask, what is it that I don't understand in this situation? Like if I were in their shoes, maybe I would see things differently. Maybe I would understand because I think that the less judgment we have, um, the more we can be accepting of other people, accepting of our differences. And that's just my hope. My hope is that we can do that and that we can be authentic to who we are. And I think that what stops us a lot is the fear of judgment because there are so many people out there judging us. And it took me a really long time um, and still take, I'm still in the works, but to get to a point where I can speak my truth and know that if someone is judging me, it's okay, because it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I'm not a good person. Like, you know, just developing our sense of self and knowing that, knowing more of who we are and knowing that it's okay to speak our truth and be authentic. And that's, that's how people are going to find us and embrace us. Like, if we're not authentic, then our tribe can't find us, you know? So that's my biggest message, I think. And as far as finding me, um, all of my handles are, are just my name, Rachel Laycroft. Last name is L-E-Y-C-R-O-F-T. So Instagram is at Rachel Laycroft. And then all of the other socials are, are the same. It's amazing. I, I can't encourage people enough who are listening to this um, to go and check out your music. I mean, um, it's really good. It, it really is. <laughs> Just so you know, I, I think you do. Thank know. you. 
Um, I appreciate it a lot. I try to make it, despite how serious the messages are, I try to make it really fun. I love EDM yeah. is like, it's all about having fun. I feel like when I'm listening, I want to be on this like roller coaster. <laughs> like I'm like jumping down a waterfall and just, you know, and like kind of embody that in the music. So I definitely like to bring the fun in, in, in that, in the production side of it. I love that. And, you know, that makes me, um, you know, we didn't talk about this earlier. You, you brought up the subject that when you went to the EDM festival, what I thought was amazing about how you described it is that people just kind of uh, accepted each other for who they were. And that's, that's pretty incredible. My perception also of the EDM movement is that it's kind of that spot right now um, where let's say back in the nineties, you know, everybody was up front um, head banging and, you know, uh, uh, moshing in the pit, getting up on stage and do crowd surfing. And like, it seems like everybody, instead of like standing with their arms crossed, listening to the rock band, they were getting into it and participating and getting in the music. That's what's happening. Like that is still happening today. And it's definitely happening in the EDM scene where people, you know, I know everybody's waiting for the moment when we have enough people vaccinated that we can do these festivals again and yes. get out there and just get sweaty and listen to the music. Right. Like that's, there's something incredible about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just think, yeah, the listening experience, if you're, if you're immersed with, and you're around all those people, like I want to be around people that number one are, you know, just being who they are wearing crazy clothes, like wearing colors, having light up hair, whatever they want to do yeah. and just like loving it and just being in the music. Like I couldn't imagine, you know, being being at a concert, like obviously there's there, there are a lot of different genres where it makes sense to be like sitting or standing and just watching it. But that's what I love about EDM is like it's meant to just be so in it and be having so much fun and, and just surrounded by colors and lights. <laughs> that's incredible. It makes me think of Burning Man. And I know that it's so much more than that, but just like kind of letting your freak flag fly, as people would say. Yes. Right? Yes. And I just haven't been to Burning Man, but what's that? I haven't been to Burning Man, but um, but my actually my therapist is an he's an authentic Burning Man guy, and I I'm very inspired by That's the amazing. way of life. That's so, <laughs> so amazing because it's it's so true. There's there's such a varied landscape of personality and um, inspiration across this entire world. And when you can tap into kind of that that magic and mystery through a song, it's pretty incredible to be able to kind of like create an environment for people to kind of let go and just kind of be in the moment. Because, you know, it's it's really all we have is right now. Yes. Right. Yes. And there's so many things that take us away from being in that moment. And so, you know, when there when there are events that are structured all around that and just immersing ourselves and just being there is it's so amazing. We need that. Like humans need that, especially, you know, going back to all this technology stuff we have plugged in all over the place. Like we need right. to just have real genuine connection and be like right, right in the moment. And I think music can really do that for people. I completely agree with you. And I want to remind our listeners where they can find your music. So they, there's this new song. Did it come out two days ago? Was that when it dropped? Yes, it came out two days ago. Mm -hmm. And where can they find that? Is that a, is it a, on, on, on all the streaming services? Yep, it's on every all the streaming services. I have a YouTube channel, so the song is up there. Um, if you just search Rachel Laycroft, my name, um, it will it'll come up on 
you know, anywhere you prefer to listen. Perfect. Um, I'm so thankful for you taking some time to come and just, you know, spend some time on two tape decks and talk about the amazing work that you've been creating. And uh, I, again, I encourage our listeners to go and just take a few moments, even if it's just a few moments out of your day, because you're going to get hooked once you hear it. Once you, once <laughs> you really hear it, you're going to be like, okay, next, next, next. Um, but just take some time and just, just explore uh, Rachel's music, because I really think it's worth your time. And it's just amazing. And it's just been amazing. You know, thank you for, for digging deep. Um, I know that that's something that that is so hard to do sometimes. And I know that, but it, it makes it so real for everybody. Thank you, Sam. And thank you for allowing the space for that. And for, you know, the fact that, that you were willing to be vulnerable too. And I think that's one of the most amazing things about when we do choose to be vulnerable, like we can create a safe space for someone else to do the same. And so I really appreciate that that space was created between the three of us. Well, thank you very much, Rachel, for taking the time to visit with us. And thank you to Sam Wade for holding down the fort while I didn't feel well. For two tape decks and a mixing board, my name is Jay Mack. And Sam Wade. And Rachel Laycroft. Saying until next week, stay Stay cosmic. cosmic.